Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, it's Kayla. I'm so happy you're able to join us today because guess what? We are all still so directionally challenged. We thought we'd have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s, but surprise, we don't. And that's okay. I'm going to say it again. That's okay. I tell myself this more often than not, and I'm sure you do as well. You know, even though we learn to love ourselves, the truth is transformation is needed and it's needed on an individual and collective level. And today we are going to embark on a groundbreaking journey of healing and awakening with author Abby Kamen. She has a memoir called Generation We, a teaching memoir and spiritual healing journey. So without further ado, here is my conversation with the lovely Abby. And I am here with Abby Kamen. Abby, I love you already. Off mic earlier, we were having a little chat. I think we're very similar. And I'm really excited to have you on today to discuss everything that you write in your memoir. And I'd like to begin with trauma because you discuss a lot about trauma and how it has been specifically passed down and past fear and oppression and pain onto the next generations. And you state how this is something that we've all gone through, whether it's large or small, and you're here to help us heal from it. And I love that. So before we begin the healing process, I was wondering if you would let me take you back to little Abby. And, you know, obviously your life story was inspired by this memoir. Will you give us some insight into your childhood and life with your mother? Absolutely. And what an interesting place to start. You really do take me back to starting at the beginning. And I, I will say right now, that is a really excellent place to start. I want to let everybody know that I'm kind of here on the paper cuts of privilege. 
Because we tend to think if we don't have any major trauma, that we're not having any problems in life and we just keep going skimming along and all these wonderful things happen and it seems like everything's going swimmingly. And what we find is that's actually not true. Whether we're privileged or oppressed, we're all tied together in this same trauma bond of generational trauma. So starting with little Abby, she was a very sensitive child. And I think you find that a lot of people who are walking where I'm walking will quote that they were exceptionally sensitive child, very aware of the world within and around them. Lots of times, a lot of imaginary worlds, just thinking is, hmm, I wonder if the world could be different, look different, be, and if I could be different in that world, would I belong better in another world? Even if I felt like I belonged in the world that I was in, I kind of felt, but not really. Mm. And for me, oddly, really, it was Peter Pan. Peter, Wendy, Tink, and I, we were we were a set, and I wanted to be all of them. And it was really, I, I actually kind of write about this. I felt at home with the Lost Boys in Neverland because our world really wasn't serving me. I really did want to create better even as a kid. So I was always looking for ways to create more magic, add kind of better into my world. Talk to us more about this paper cut process, because this is a really interesting concept. And I, when I read it, it really resonated with me as well. So if you can take us deeper into that, I think a lot of our listeners can benefit from it. Thank you. I, you know, that really, I, I came here to talk about this because I had everything I could have ever wanted. I mean, it, you know, we all talk about, you know, you want success, you want to have money, you want to do all of these things. And I did, I got to have it all. And then when I was in my sort of mid fifties, I still wasn't feeling all of me yet. And I'm like, why, why would I ever not feel good right now? What, what was holding me back? And I realized that as I sort of looked in the mirror and kind of encountered an existential crisis, that there were all of these labels that identified me when I looked in the mirror. And some of them offered me privilege and some of them offered me oppression. And I wanted to investigate more about what was that and what did that really mean to me? And I mean, I, I went deep, like what did it really mean to be human and what supported me as a human? And what I realized as I was looking at that, you asked to go back to my mother we're all living in the same story. Abby and Roberta is no different than any of us are until we shift this paradigm. I adored my mother. We were so close, but we were both trapped by what I call the patriarchy. And that is the patriarchy with, we add the matriarchy. Because to think that this is one set of humans that has done this, this is us as a collective that have created these systems of oppression. And we live in them, no matter what privilege or oppression we have. And as we can see on the world stage, the oppressed becomes the oppressor and on and on it goes. And the trauma just keeps leveling up and leveling up and leveling up to now the point of explosion. Yes, you talk about the paper cuts of privilege and how a lot of it stems from these little microaggressions in society. Can you talk to us about that? You, I know you call microaggressions the emotional microplastics, which is really a really good way to remember it. But how can you take us deeper into that? Because the idea of it is great, but how can we understand it and then figure out how we can help ourselves within our daily lives? It's the eye roll, everybody. Think of all the times that you have either offered the eye roll or have been on the recipient of the eye roll. And how painful is that? So it means somebody doesn't understand you or somebody is dismissing you or somebody thinks that you are doing it wrong. It's all about belonging. And guys, this goes to the trauma of childhood and that effing playground, right? We, we are mean to each other from the get-go. 
Why? It doesn't have to be that way. And we teach sort of that meanness. Oh, you're not wearing the right thing. You can't come in and play with us today. Oh, you know, and then we get into like the real things. Oh, you know, you're not the right color. Oh, you're gay. Oh, you're trans. Oh, you're a little heavy. Oh, did did you eat? mean to eat that? Like all those little itty bitty things that we do to each other. And it piles up. The parent that tells you, oh, you only got a B plus. Why didn't you get an A? Oh, you missed that shot? And all of those things, you guys, that adds up. We don't actually have a system that functions with all of our humanity. We have bodies that function. We have humans that function. We all are just trying to find like our authentic selves. And who could find your authentic selves when you're told from the minute you pop out who you should be? Mm. So how do we change that? What can we do to continue to love ourselves and to be authentically ourselves and to not let the tiny little microaggressions get to us? Here's the thing. We first have to figure out who we are. And I'm telling you, Kayla, that seems like an easy question. It's just not. No, it seems really difficult. It seems like the question... It's really hard and we're directionally challenged, peeps. <laughs> we are directionally challenged because everybody tells us who we are. So actually stopping to find out, oh, but wait, who am I? And then going against what people tell you to do, to say, no, you think that that's who I am, but that's not really who I am. And getting rid of all these beliefs of who we think somebody else should be. Like you have little children. You have yet to go on the rodeo with them of who they're going to become. And I did find that out as I investigated this story through my own children. My son is gay. And my daughter has some ADHD issues that did not present until she was well into adulthood. So it explained a lot of reasons of both of their childhoods of why it was challenging to be who they are. But it's the same for all of us. You did a really unique parenting style that I would love to discuss. And I think that's sort of where you're going with this. You call it intergenerational healing with your children. And you did it once they became adults. Now, you're right. I have two young kids. One is one and one is four. So we are in the beginning of life. But I would love to hear about what you did with them because is this something I need to consider once they become adults? And and what is it? And for those listening... You need to consider it right now because my journey with Samantha and Chad started the minute that they entered this world as humans. And already I was laying the groundwork for this. I knew they were my partners. I knew I was learning with them and they were learning with me. And, you know, I don't know if you got to read the chapter where I talk about that moment when we were in Lilo and Stitch together. No. Will you tell us that? No, I didn't. I will. I will tell you the story. I mean, they were so little and, you know, it was a rainy day and I'm like, excellent. We're going to see Lilo and Stitch. And, you know, what is that famous line from the movie? Ohana means family and no one gets left behind. And here I had these little peanuts. They were three and six, maybe. And the end credits rolled. First of all, none of us spoke through the entire movie. Nobody moved. And we just sobbed. I mean, there are these three humans sobbing at the end of a Disney movie, at the end of Lilo and Stitch. And I just grabbed them in a bear hug. And I said, guys, that's us. And we're going to figure this out. And like, we all remember the moment because it was so poignant in our life. And so many times in our journey, I talked to them always as authentically as I could, and I listened to them be as authentic as they could. But as they started to develop, you know, different things started to come into place. Some I handled very successfully, and some from my own biases and expectations and judgments, I I'm not even mad at myself. I just Mm. didn't have the bandwidth 
and the knowledge to handle the situation any differently. But as we grew in it, we just kept questioning it. And so I would say staying curious as to who we are to each other is the most important thing. And, you know, it was really my son's journey that sort of took the lead in this. And then, of course, my daughter's journey followed alongside and then things happened to her too. But a very poignant moment in our shifting was as he was coming into his truest self and identifying himself as queer. I was actually married once before I married my husband very briefly to somebody who was gay. And it was just a traumatic experience. For And it wasn't traumatic because he was gay. It was traumatic because of his health was crumbling underneath me. And I couldn't, couldn't help him. And he couldn't tell me why. And it was a mess. And I'll let you all read about that. But we got divorced amicably. And then I had this person that I love more than any, you know, and and then I watched them go through the same things. And I watched that I was as much of a culprit as I was trying to help him heal because I still had expectations of judgments of what success looked like. And could he be successful and be gay? You know, our world isn't real accommodating to that. We, We like to think that we're super evolved, but we're not. And so as he really struggled with body image and self-identity, and he was this, you know, tremendously, you know, had all the checkboxes made out for him and he was hitting all the checkboxes and still felt really shitty. And so he invited me and he said, you know, mom, you're going to have to shift. The way you see it isn't exactly the way it is. You will have to shift with me. And so therapy and I shifted. And it opened the door for us to continue to shift with each other. And we continue to shift today. It doesn't end. We have to keep shifting with each other. When we find out that there's something that's making us uncomfortable, we have to be in the freedom to say, you know, that's hurting me or that's not exactly the way I see it. Or please listen to me again. You haven't, we haven't gotten there yet. Really saying, okay, sure. Without it saying like, oh, hurting my feelings. And I gave you everything. Why are you saying this to me? You know, we get caught up in all of those other things of expectations and judgments and even our feelings hurt. We have to listen when somebody says, you know, they're, you're hurting their feelings. You don't get to say, but you're hurting mine. You have to also say, okay, well, let me listen. And then let me tell you how I'm feeling. And both of you have to be interactive in that conversation. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good. 
because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. we're back. Isn't it beautiful that we bring these kids into the world so that we can teach them and then they end up really teaching us more, if not as much as we teach them. And I think that's the thing though, Kim, I really want to invite you into that's the whole purpose of it. And you don't have to learn this just when you have kids. We are parent each other all the time. Our whole world, that's how we grow. We parent each other and we learn from each other. Mm -hmm. Teacher, student, the whole mile marker. And that's why the book is called Generation We, because we think that this is different generations or that I'm smarter because I'm older than you. I'm no smarter or wiser because of my age. I'm working on evolving and I hope you'll evolve with me. Whatever age you are, we have all this wisdom within us. And what we keep doing as humans is locking back down that wisdom, right? And we we shut it down and we say, no, we don't have time for that. A lot of it is time. We don't have time for that. You don't have time to investigate Mm. what's making you sad and you don't have time to investigate what's making you happy. We don't have time because those are feelings. And if we start to really feel them, we're going to have to question them, right? Does it make sense? Sometimes it feels like a lot of work. <laughs> and I, you're right. We don't, we say we don't have time for it because it's easier to not have time for it than to actually look ourselves in the mirror. And, you know, it's interesting because most of the time we hear the older we get, the better we feel. And I really respect and appreciate you acknowledging the fact that even at 50, when you looked in the mirror, you still felt like something wasn't there and something was amiss. And I think that self work is the hardest work to do. At 50, what did you do? 
I mean, I know you looked at yourself in the mirror and you decided that something needed to be done, but what exactly did you choose to do to get to know yourself better? Because that's what I, that's the follow through that I keep seeing in everything we're discussing is really understanding who we are and being able to evolve into our full self. So what is some of that self-work that we can do? I always like tangible things and takeaways that our listeners can, can do in their lives. And, and I, I could, things I can do in my life as well. I hear you, Kayla. And I've, I've enjoyed so much. I've listened to some of your podcasts. I was really taken by the one that you did with your husband and about the holidays. And I don't know if you're going to like the answer, it's but okay. I'm going to give you the answer anyway. And you, you can meet me with this. Dear all humans listening, slow down. You're going to have to fucking slow down. I'm sorry, kids. There's no, I don't have a stopwatch. You're going to have to throw it away. You want an answer and you want it to be like, oh, if I do this, I will feel better. Dear ones, no. Mm-hmm. You, if you do this, you will start to feel. And if you continue to feel, mm-hmm. at some point, you will learn to feel comma better. And with any luck, you'll start feeling better because you're going to do the hard work and it's not it's not going to be fun and you're not going to get it done in five steps. It's not going to happen. I, I can't tell you what your healing journey is and people who tell you that they can tell you are telling you half the story because mm. what we do to actually get to this point, I call it me university. Welcome to getting to know you and it is going to take you on insane journeys that you will have to make time to investigate. And you know, I was so much more evolved until I didn't know who I was, right? I looked like I had all the answers, man. I was on flipping cruise control. I was just sliding down the highway of life. Anybody who would have saw me as she, gee, that lady's got it all together. She got these kids, this family, this house, the whole thing seems to just go swimmingly for me. No, it's not going that way for anybody. And I'll tell you, you know, Instagram and all these ways that we post these pictures and everybody has this ideal life. You guys were trying to talk about your ideal holiday and then you were sort of cracking at the seams and going, you know, actually it's not working the way we would like it to work, but we're trying. You know, you, I was listening to you guys, you're trying to organize your way out of it. And I have to tell you, you cannot organize your way out of it. You can make a different choice. We don't have time to do all of these expectations and judgments. And when we spend time doing them, we miss the joy of being in the moment. Mm. By the time we've slept in the tree, gone to two Christmases across the globe from each other, gone to work, dealt with little children, we're exhausted. Who could come to that and be our fullest self? Uh, Like we just can't. And when I gave myself and my family the privilege from the 50s that I started to work on this, and I'm now in my very early 60s, is I started to say, you know what we're throwing away first? All the obligations. Boom, mm-hmm. they're gone. I'm not doing them and you don't have to either, except for, you know, obviously there's a few you really have to do. But really, school, you know, school, there. but can school be funner? Do you have to do all the 50,000 activities with it too? If you want to quit something, can you? Absolutely. By all means, just because you signed up for it doesn't mean you got to go through with it. Not making sense to you, then let it go. But if there's somebody who's consistently quitting everything they're trying, then be curious. Why do you quit every? You know, you got to ask those questions and you got to take time to find out the answers. Mm. It's interesting you talk about slowing down because, yes, obviously the holidays are the worst time to do that. And now that we're in January, my husband and I did have a full conversation about how can we simplify? How can we slow down? And today's Monday while we're recording this. And yesterday on Sunday, we decided. We weren't doing anything. 
We did nothing. We didn't even leave the house. We were outside with our kids running around. They had the water. They were in and out of the water, the pool, and just relaxing in the sunshine. And it was one of my favorite days. And I do think sometimes just simply slowing down is what's important. I mean, Kayla, I can't tell you how much more you'll need to do that. And I know here you are with these beautiful careers. And, and I, I'm, I'm so like, I we kind of say, it's going to sound ridiculous. I'll sound like your mother. I'm no. so proud of you. Yeah. I'm so proud that you even have this show that questions. I'm directionally challenged. Where do I go? Please, please question it all and slow down. And you'll also have to take time to slow down to the points when you're in pain. Don't brush them over. When the kid's having a bad day or you guys are having a bad day, take time to find out why. And it's not going to be answered in a day. Maybe you're going to need to keep going back to that and saying, you know, I still see we're out of sorts here. What's happening? Yeah. We see the world is on fire. Folks, that's not any different than the fire within us. They're literally all the same. And to varying degrees, we are feeling it. And we are only going to heal when we start to take time to really know why do we feel so bad? Why do we all feel like we don't belong? Yeah, it does feel like, you know, with Gaza and mass shootings and the pandemic and everything out there that the world is a really scary place and a a hard place to for us to grow as humans and also to raise humans to grow in this world. And I know you talk a lot about adjusting your perspective amongst a lot of other things within this book. But can you talk to us a little bit about lens crafting? That's a term that you use that I don't think people know a lot about. Because I created it. I decided, (laughs) oh my God, I finally have a package that puts everything together that I've been working on. Alongside of my journey, wound up being writing and things that first were coming through just out of nowhere, I just had all these thoughts. So I was writing them down. And then I started writing a lot about my family. Who were we to each other? And I went on and on with that. Pairing with that was art. And it literally just poured out of me. I've always guess I would call myself artistic. I don't know that I would have called myself an artist. Mm. And turns out I am an artist and I have always been an artist. And so it started, I was painting and then I was playing with digital art and always the camera just captivated me. And so it's in all of my pieces. And so I realized what I was doing is through a visualization of what I was feeling and then writing about what I was feeling, I was expanding the lens of my perspective on both sides of it. And what's really cool is when we use something visually and then kind of our intuitive self, and then we pair that with our analytical self, the writing, we sort of open up the creative pathways of our minds to start to see things through a different perspective. And so that is my lens crafting. I invite people in to help look at things through a different perspective because that's what I had to do at every turn. Every time I felt shitty, I'm like, okay, good time to ask a question and expand my lens of what I think the answer is and look at it from the fullest angle that I can see at that moment in time. Mm. You know, you're so passionate about personal growth. And you talk about letting go of attachments and expectations. And you also talk about this infinite energy and how that's the secret to success. And this is something that I think a lot of successful people are aware of, but not everyone is. And so can you talk to us about this infinite energy and how it is within all of us and how it is at the secret to our success? Absolutely. And infinite energy allows for success and failure in equal combination because there is no right or wrong way. You throw away all of the binaries and you just start to do it 
within yourself and then within yourself and others, because they're all the same relationship, honestly. It's just the first relationship you have to have is with yourself. And then you have to invite others into having a relationship with you. It's all an energy exchange. And when you open that door into what works for both of you and how can you stay true? That's like what I was saying earlier. It's like you invite people into the conversation and to stay curious and intentional with you. And if you're having a bad moment, you just both are able to say like, look, this isn't going well. We're, we're in a moment here. Let's take a step back, but let's come back to it and really listen to what each other are saying. It just takes it to a new level. And I, I want to throw in there that it also challenges the concept of unconditional love. You know, we try to say that that's the best type of love we can have. And I'm going to really question that because to me, unconditional love starts to fall along the lines of devotion and blind faith. You need to love me unconditionally, no matter what I do. Mm, Said who? I'm going to need to love you untethered because I love you, but I'm going to need to call out that there's some conditions to our relationship with which will be healthy boundaries. And then on the flip side, if somebody only loves you conditionally and you have to be in a certain place because that's the only way that it works for them, you really want to question if that relationship is serving you Mm -hmm. or is that toxic energy hiding under the terms of unconditional love. So I kind of map it out into toxic, limited, and then infinite energy. And like toxic is just when we can't see what we're doing for ourselves or each other and then limited. And that's when we get fear, when we make people be afraid of us or when we're afraid of somebody. And we offer that in a lot of ways. I don't think people realize how much we make people afraid of us. And that was one thing I had to learn and look at. Like my kids were worried about disappointing me and that made them afraid of me, even though they adored me and I'm such an easy person. And I had to really, we had to noodle that. I'm like, damn. I'm still offering judgment, aren't I? And they're like, yeah. And Mm. sometimes they were offering it to me and I had to say the same thing. I'm like, you're judging me. And they're like, I am. You know, you really have to do that. And then like limited is the status quo. It goes great because nobody challenges it. But you asked about infinite. Infinite is when you throw that all out and you don't worry about victory. You're just worried about success. And that includes failure. That means you're just going along until it feels right. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O-L D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. And we're back. Your book, I just want to say the title so anyone listening really knows. When you guys listen, the book is out and readily available. It's a memoir called Generation We, a teaching memoir and spiritual healing journey. What inspired you to sit down and put pen to paper and to make this something that you can share with others? Because going on your own journey yourself is one thing and then deciding, you know what, this is so profound. I need to share this with everyone else. What was that moment like? 
actually they came hand in hand. I, oh. I learn by writing. And so that's just what happened to me. It just came through that way. I've been writing for about, you know, seven years now. I just kept quite, I think I write even in the book that it was like, dear diary. I just kept writing and writing and writing. Why is this happening? And I, off, there were some earlier things that I didn't ever release. And I was just like, oh, maybe it looks like this. And I just kept offering it and writing it and writing it again and again. So that helped me heal. Like the art and the writing is what helped me heal because at each time I could look at it through a different lens that helped me kind of say, okay, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm feeling. How do they go together? And thus out came the book that I'm doing right now that is sort of the culmination of all of this work. And I, I had somebody help me put it together. I have to give her a shout out, Ruby Warrington, who is the most amazing human and uh, but she's been on your show before she just released her book uh women without kids and she takes it she she ends generational trauma from a different angle from not having children and we talk a lot about that we're actually going to be on a panel together at south by southwest in march talking Mm -hmm. about the different ways we've both approached our healing and this ending of generational trauma through just because of who we are and what we came to heal in this lifetime. So that is what inspired. I it was almost like didn't have a choice. It just, I think a lot of people would say when they have a book to offer, it sort of just pushes its way out of you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it just sort of, you, you keep trying to like, I kept trying to say like, no, I'm not doing this. And then it's like, yeah, maybe you are. Yeah. Life decides for you. I absolutely love exactly. that. And you are right. We've had Ruby on twice with her sober curious book and then women without kids. And I can't wait to see the South by Southwest South by Southwest panel with both of you on it. That will be fascinating. I'm so excited. And I met Ruby through the sober curious angle of herself. Wow. And it, oh. the, the universe literally paired us together. I had started that journey myself. I had lost my mother and my siblings and I were still had a lot of trauma to heal. And I was trying to even within the beyond heal my trauma with my mother and had a bad night with it, one too many glasses of wine. And I woke up the next day, I was visiting with my siblings. And I said, I've heard this term, what would happen if I just approached this with curiosity and I didn't have a drink today while I'm here with them. And it started a whole pathway. And then another friend kind of heard me throwing around the term and she's like, you know, there's a person that coined that phrase and she writes books. And I was like, really? And I looked up Ruby and she writes books and she helps other people write books. It's amazing how life draws certain people to us as well to help us in certain times of life. And sounds like that happened with you too. It was so serendipitous. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, we started staying in touch with each other. And she said, I really do think you have something to say, and I'm going to help you say it. And she took everything I had written. She took a couple pieces of my art and she just put like 30 bespoke questions. And she said, I'm going to help you tell this story. because." So like you said, it was so, it happened organically, serendipitously, and because it was the way I was healing. What I love so much about this story too, is that can happen to anyone. And for anyone listening, I just want to point out the fact that be open to really wonderful people coming into your life and seeing what your value is and then lifting that up. Because, you know, this goes back to when you mentioned, Abby, the, the playground and how we all beat each other down. Well, now I think it's important, especially as adults and young adults, we can really see who's good for us and who isn't. And so we can take those that aren't good and let them go and those that are good and draw them in and have them lift us up and help us in our lifetimes. And I think that alone is some of the best advice that, you know, if I were able to give myself younger advice, that's something I think I would filter in through myself is 
letting the people that don't serve you go and letting those that do that lift you up into your life more. And I'm wondering before I let you go, is there any advice that you would have given your younger self or advice that you wish you would have received? I really want to take what you said and I want people to really pause and listen to that because it sounds so trite and it sounds like something we've heard time and again. But we actually haven't done it yet. And I want you guys to help yourselves, your loved ones, kids, friends, family, parents, whatever, whoever's in your life, investigate those relationships. It's also going to maybe mean that you don't have so many relationships. Maybe you have fewer, more sincere relationships that you really want to partner with a few people and watch each other grow. Because what we've done so far is, you know, we get into these just mass situations where there's lots of people and lots of energies. You just can't be everything to everybody. It's not possible. And these expectations for these friendships and you know, as you guys see, you know, you're young and you're getting married and all of that BS around all of that story that seems like it's there to make it great for you. And you don't have time to breathe through it. It takes time to be a friend. It takes time to have human connection and we need to nurture them more. And just in general, be kinder to ourselves and each other as we investigate the own roadblocks to ourselves. Let's investigate that somebody else might be on that same journey and have empathy for ourselves and each other. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Before we go, I want to know what are, will you let our listeners know what your socials are? And I'm also just curious at, you know, 62, what does social media mean to you? Is that something that you love? Because I know that, you know, I'm of the generation where it exists, it didn't exist, and then now it exists. So I'm able, I've been able to see life from both perspectives. And I know you have as well. So what, what is social media to you? I'm just very curious about it. I have such a different take on social media. And I want to invite people to expand the lens of your perspective. Here's what I would recommend. Your personal social media, maybe you don't need so much. But your curiosity social media, by all means, jump on board. There are so many artists and creatives and healers out there in the world that would love to hear from you and would love to have you be part of this story of our healing journey. Less pictures about yourselves and on vacation and what you're doing. I've never participated with that. I don't want somebody to know where I am. I don't frankly want to know where they are. I don't want this to be about who had the best Stanley Cup and how did it make it onto the playground. I don't want to know. But what I would like to know is how are you healing? What are you doing? How do you feel about Gaza? How do you feel about some of these things? Where's your humanity? Where's your art? Please show me your art. Because so many artists, whether it's visual artists like myself or verbal artists, talent, musicians... That's what we have to zoom in on right now, you guys. Take time to find out what that means to you because everybody's an artist. Even if it's math, then that's your artistry. What are you doing with it? I want to know because whatever you're doing with it, like Einstein, I mean, he was brilliant. He was also a humanitarian. And some of his things got us to a bad place and caused us to hurt each other. But the other sides of energy that he understood our, our energy is everything. And so just put the lens on your perspective. But Ruby laughs about it all the time because she's trying to say like, is social media, everybody wants to say, is social media hurting us? Mm -hmm. I think social media also might be the way we heal our way out of this by connecting and creating community in new and different places. Mm. Wow. 
That's fascinating. I love that perspective. Thank you. <laughs> it, it's a different, and I've only joined with social media just for my platform right now. Mm-hmm. And I show my art intentionally, like have some fun and go with it. It's literally just Abby Kamen at Abby Kamen. Mm. And I play around with my art and I show you how my art gets into what I'm thinking about at a moment, because I have the current collection that I have is 50 different pieces. So you'll be seeing more of it. I've got, I don't know about 10 of them up there right now. And I add music to it. I said, this is the piece of music I'm thinking about. This is my art and I mess around with it. And then this is the motion that I'm thinking about. This is what's on deck for me. And it may be surprising. Like I, I don't skim over it. I really challenge each emotion to stretch me into what's happening in the world and what's happening in my internal world is relationship to that. Mm. Abby, you have so much to share. I, I highly recommend Abby's book, Generation We. We're so grateful that you came today. Thank you for everything. I truly have ingested so much of what you've said, and I'm going to take it with me and run with it. So you have so much to share. I'm so excited. Thank you, Abby. Everyone, Abby Kamen, we're so grateful. Thanks for having me. You know, one thing I'm definitely taking from this conversation is to slow down. I know that's something that she discussed for me personally, and it's something that we've started to implement in our lives already. And I'm really grateful for that. And it's interesting. We talk all about how life brings you what you need. And this is something Tanner and I were discussing doing. And then here I am today on Monday having this conversation with Abby and she gives me the same advice. So I'm really grateful to be open to what life is bringing my way. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. We have another great one coming for you next week. Until then, take care. Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions, hosted by me, Kayla Yule. Produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Editing by Diane Kang. Post-production sound by Coco Lawrence. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. <laughs>